0: Hey guys, uh, welcome to the Leadership to Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Neil D'Souza, and we are going to be talking about real estate today. We're going to talk a little bit about immigration, and uh, we're going to get into a little bit of some diverse topics or alternate ways to look at real estate, and maybe we'll get into a little bit of controversy too. So uh, today's episode, I'm going to have uh, Wyatt Hammond, who is uh, my manager and producer, and uh, we're just going to go through... And- and talk about these different areas of real estate. Join us. Here we go. Okay, so Wyatt, you, you know, as a, uh, a media guy, but you're also someone who has done some traveling around the world. You've been to Spain. You've been to Malta. You've been to um, Thailand. You, you've done a. You've traveled in different places and. What's important about that is you've done, you've worked remotely in some of these places. What, what was that like Tell tell us a little bit about what your experience was of working remotely?
1: Uh, well, yeah, you're, you're right. I love, I love traveling and I've been lucky enough to, to travel to, to a lot of places. And, uh, so the difference between like traveling to a place for just for vacation and then traveling to a place where you have to continue working while you're there is is a is a massive difference but the biggest thing that i notice when when i travel to those countries and have to continue working is keeping up with the time zones right so uh when you work and when you're working in europe and everything is six seven eight hours ahead uh and it's the end of the day there and it's just the start of the day here and um when you're working with north american businesses and clients everything is done on obviously north american time so it's it, it's it really drastically changes your life with with how with the amount of hours you put into work with the kinds of with the hours that you do work in the day and normally it's a it's a nine to five and in the Canadian life you work during the day and then you go and have dinner at night and relax for the evening and um, but you know when you're working in Europe and having a business in Canada or or the states you're working nine to five and then you also have things to do in the evening because you're still running things for things that are going on you know, on the other side of the world so that's definitely the the biggest thing that that I noticed trying to run a business being on the other side of the world.
0: Okay, so so I mean that can definitely sound like some hardship so to say. Well, what so what was the attraction of of working remotely? Uh,
1: the attraction is that Canada is ridiculously expensive to live in right now. Um, okay. rent is through the roof, food is through the roof, everything is expensive. So, I mean just from from in the last 3 years um Uh, Prices on almost everything have doubled at least once. And so uh, there's other countries where rent is cheaper, food is cheaper, taxes are cheaper. uh, And so when you work remotely and own your own business and you have the opportunity to go to those cheaper places and and you don't need to stay in one of the most expensive countries in the world, which Canada is, living in a different country and saving money, uh, those are both pretty attractive options.
0: Hmm. Okay. Uh, I I get that. And actually, we we're seeing where a lot of people are taking up this opportunity to work remotely. Um, I know that you can go to places in Italy, and you'll find, you know, just hundreds of people that are, say, from New York, and they'll travel there, and they'll go work there. And a lot of other New Yorkers that they'll see and meet and stuff like that. Uh, Was, was that a lure, you know, to be able to go there and work these, I mean, you're working at different hours and which I've done when I went to, uh, I went to India and I was working while I was in India. And uh, you know, it's, it's a huge difference to try to do that. It is so much, it was so much fun to be able to be in those late, for me in India, to be able to do that and, uh, and then still be able to work.
1: And, and like you said, actually, it, it can make you feel far more productive because you work that nine to five, and then, but that's three o'clock in the morning there, right? So you're starting work in North America at three o'clock in the morning. And then by, by noon in Europe, people are just getting up here and everything is six, seven, eight hours behind. and you're, So you're six, seven, eight hours ahead of what's going yeah. on over here. And mm-hmm. and that was really great for the stock market and like if if you're like invested in 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 just in things in North America and you're eight hours ahead of everything that's going. Like for them, it's eight o'clock in the morning. For you, it's already the end of the day. And uh, there's a lot of people. And my, my point there is that a lot of people just like if you're wanting to wake up and like first thing in the morning check your stocks and and check where ch- check where everything is. Maybe you get up at eight thirty or nine o'clock in the morning and. Things have already happened. Things are already moving. Or you've had a busy morning, and and there's already trades happening. There's already sales happening, and you're like, oh, I missed it, right? And because yeah. the market's just opened, and maybe you had to drop your kid off at school, and maybe you had to you were late for breakfast, or there's just so, too much going on in the morning for you to focus on that. But for people over there, it's three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon. They're sitting on their laptop, just waiting for the market to open, right? Their more their their time is not as as crazy, right? So I really noticed that we're here. I regularly just wake up and I'm like, oh, I, crap, I haven't checked any of that today, right? I don't know what's like. Um, but there it was, you just have more time. Like it, it just felt like it's noon. Mm-hmm. I still have four hours before the market opens. Right. Like <laughs> that, that's, that's,
0: a, that is a great feeling yeah. uh, to be able to do that. And I, I know one of the things that happened for me was because of the time difference was I stopped getting emergency phone calls because people just knew I'm, I'm on a different time. So they're contacting me and I'm telling them I'm going to, get back to them for them in tomorrow. So mm-hmm. it actually changed how I did business a little bit, right? Like there was a little bit more uh, preparation uh, ahead of time so that I didn't run into any of those emergency phone calls, things like that. And yeah, then, less because, yeah, less. Oh, absolutely. The chit chat disappears mm-hmm. and, and now you're, you're just, um, you know, continually dealing with whatever, whatever's on the go, and you're going back and forth in emails, getting on top of those things, which you've got to be comfortable with, with those modes of communication. And we're seeing this more and more. That That's an interesting part of it from the real estate aspect, from the investing aspect, is that there are so many people that are wanting this experience. Because we've come into a world where we're able to work remotely more than we've ever been able to do it before. You're seeing people that are traveling to different places. And so, you know, if they take a year out of the office and they work remotely, what we're seeing is people will go and they'll live somewhere for three, four months and work from there. And then they'll go to another destination. I mean, in fact, that, that's what you did. You were uh, You were in Malta for for a while. And then you went to Thailand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like most, most countries, they'll only let you go for a short amount of time without getting a visa. So, you know, Malta will let you go for 90 days without, without a visa. Thailand will let you go for 45. And, uh, and so it just, a lot of these countries you can go to for a a short period of time and it's just, you don't need any paperwork or pay for any, uh, for for any, any visas or anything like that. You just, show up and you can stay for those 45 days. And, and so it's, I mean, really to, to work internationally, it's, I, it's certainly Wait, never ch- been. Easy you just
0: show time. up, you can just show up and stay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For, for Malta, it was, it was 90 days and in, in most countries it's 90 days, some shorter. Um, but like, yeah, you can, you, you don't need to prove proof of income. You don't need to prove where you're living. It, it's just like, and obviously you want to have all those things, but But it just when you have to prove those things to a government, it just adds so many more steps to to coming to a country, right? When they Mm -hmm. when they want to look into your life, but if all you needed to do was book a plane ticket and then you can be working in Europe, then
0: okay. So so then the question that arises, of course, okay. Well, that sounds great having that freedom, but but what does it cost to be to do to do those jumps to go from Canada to Malta, from Malta to to uh, Thailand? that's got to be that's got to be expensive then
1: I mean the only real expense if you're not paying for visas and stuff is the flights right if, if in Canada anyways you're paying rent every month uh, and you're paying for food and you're paying for just just the cost of living uh, you're gonna be paying for that stuff anywhere you're living anyways and you're gonna be paying rent somewhere anyways um, so let's say you're living you, you want to live downtown Toronto where you know, likely that you'll be paying at least 1500 to three grand a month like and, and that's just for a regular apartment in downtown Toronto just this is this is it, it, September of 2023 and I was just looking for places to rent last month and I was looking at places that were just awful for 18 to 2200 a month right like like holes in the walls and things dripping down the ceiling and uh like you're just like this is this is a ghetto apartment right this is 1800 yeah. a month like this is insane um yeah.
0: it was trash
1: it, it was awful but then so so that's what you're paying to live in in Toronto. And then, but you, in Europe, you can, I had a beautiful apartment on the sea and I was paying 900 Canadian a month. Uh, And so rent is much cheaper.
0: And wherever you're going, you're, you're talking about fully furnished locations, right? So you, you show up with your clothes
1: and your laptop and stuff and you're, you're good to go. Especially with Airbnb. I mean, that's the Airbnb really is like the biggest catalyst in making this kind of move to another country so simple is is that before, yeah, you might, a country might let you move there for three months without needing any proof of uh, proof of income or proof of living, or um, but it's still very difficult to find an apartment to live in or a place to rent when you're not living in that country, like no matter where you are. Even when I was living in, in Europe and I was coming, or when I was in Thailand and I was coming back to Canada, I'm a Canadian citizen and it was nearly impossible to find a place to rent when you're living halfway across the world. People just, they want to meet you. They want to know who they're renting to and a zoom call or a phone call isn't good enough. Right. Uh, And so it's the same thing when you're traveling places and you want to stay there for long-term, unless you want to pay for hotels, that kind of price, right. Then you need to know somebody in that country or before Airbnb, you needed to have some kind of connection. And now really you just go on an app. There's hundreds of available apartments. You choose the one you like, book a flight and the cost of, Uh, renting an apartment through Airbnb is often cheaper than renting it through through a landlord. Airbnb is still, that whole industry is still reeling from COVID, right? So internationally, the amount of Airbnbs that are 50, 60, 70% off, right? Where if you tell them, I want to rent your apartment for a whole month, they'll kiss you on the mouth. (laughs) <laughs> right like they'll yeah. they'll they'll love you like uh, because yeah. they're just so desperate to get somebody in there for longer than a night or two it's it, it really is like just with the types of technology out there the businesses that make it so impossibly easy to move to these countries if, if you yeah. have the, the 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 option to and the financial freedom then uh, if the only thing is stopping you is fear then that's not a good yeah. reason
0: yeah and and it's the interesting thing is you don't even really need to have much financial freedom. You just need to not have the liability burden, right? That yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, and and why that's important to me is because as my kids are moving out and heading off to university and stuff like that, we're in a situation where we're realizing that we could probably rent out the house and and go uh, fly off ourselves. Now, I'll, I'll say this from the investment side. It, it's also a really interesting aspect that, uh, you know, I can say for myself and a, a lot of people I know, partners and that sometimes investing is strictly about your return. Sometimes it can also be about the lifestyle that you want to create, because you can oftentimes acquire property in some of these places for significantly less than it would cost you to uh, to buy properties here. And you can rent them out when you're not there, but then you have the option of, of course, traveling to these places and um, and staying in your own place in Italy or Portugal or uh, it, you know, in fact, some of these, some of these governments, some of these countries will even give you if you agree to develop the property, if you agree to fix it up, you agree, do some of these things. They'll give you properties in some of these places. And um, and then you go in and you go ahead and renovate it. What would that be like to be able to have a a property in Portugal where you can just hop on a flight, go over there, go stay at your place in portugal and then when you leave you know you can rent it out to somebody else where you don't have to have as much money to be able to enjoy yourself even with the exchange rate i mean you're going to these places and you've got the euro and that but the cost of goods is is still significantly cheaper i mean you you did it you tell
1: us yeah i mean just just like i mean
0: like housing's cheaper what about food
1: yeah, uh, food is, is a lot cheaper also. The I I don't understand the Canadian economy enough to know why the Canadian food prices have skyrocketed in the last couple of years, but uh you go across the world and that's not the case, right? Here uh four years ago you maybe paid three or four dollars for twelve eggs, now it's eight or nine. Uh yeah. three or four years ago you maybe paid five three or four dollars for a thing of butter. Now it's twelve, yeah. right? Like and so uh, you go, well, I mean, here's think-
0: the here's a couple of realities on that the, is that our government has been raising the cost uh, on all of these things. I mean, we've seen two uh, fuel taxes that have been added recently. Once you put a, a tax on fuel, that that increases the cost of everything. Because everything takes a truck, a train, or whatever to to move it to uh, to that location, so it's it's automatically going to cost more. If we're talking food, it's going to cost more for them to be able to uh, do the farming, the cost of those machineries, all of that. So right off the get-go, the moment you do that, you affect the cost of everything across the board. Then they've done other taxes on top of uh, on onto farmers and that so these have all increased over here because we we have this idea of what we want to. our government anyways has this idea of what they want to do with regards to um you know around the environment and that i think they're being overly aggressive in in their measures and as a result it's just making things ridiculous over here so that's that's the canadian government but but then you were saying over there when it comes to food
1: yeah it's just it's just that they their governments obviously haven't had that strategy right uh and so there there are obviously governments in europe like we know like like germany and, and some of those northern countries that energy is ridiculously expensive and like those are maybe uh, maybe food prices in those places aren't are particularly cheaper than canada but but where i was in europe yeah you would definitely notice a a, a huge difference with just the weekly amount of money that you're spending on food when you travel places and then realize, get used to that style of life and that level of expense, um, and budget for that lifestyle. And then you come back to one of the most expensive countries in the world, like Canada, and you realize, oh my gosh, like you just didn't realize how expensive it was before because you've always lived in it. Right. And even if it was, even if things have doubled over the years, it it's like a, it's like a, a frog in boiling water. They've just slowly. Increase it, increase it, increase it. And, and it's just, eventually we know like this is so high, but it wasn't one shot. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and when, but when you live abroad for a certain amount of time and then you come back and yeah. are paying those prices again, it isn't one shot, right? Everything all at once shoots up the price and you just realize like it's a, it's a privilege to live in a first world country like Canada, but, uh, you know, yeah. it is, uh, one of the most expensive places to live in the world for a reason.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, I mean I can I can say about my experience in India. One of the craziest things is first of all, labor is really cheap. And so as a result, it keeps it keeps prices down, the cost of, of goods down. And it is literally cheaper to to go out and get street food, to, to go out to these places and buy food than it is to stock your fridge with with all the different ingredients and all this kind of stuff and everybody's making the food fresh. That was, that was one of the most amazing things we don't realize here, how many things we take out of a box, how many things we take Mm -hmm. out of a bag. Whereas, you know, in India, you're, I mean, for the entire time I was there, I didn't have cereal. I, I never had cereal. Every, every meal was a hot freshly cooked meal fresh ingredients and it was just I I was just amazed at uh, y- you know what my body felt like
1: yeah very very different lifestyle especially when it comes to food right and and uh, and the things that you don't see there are like even the, the amount of fast food places are much lower right you go you go to to Malta or Italy you don't there's like a, a KFC and a pizza pizza and but here I mean, you mean count easily 20 fast food places and you know in a mile radius like they're all over the place and um so it's just the the kind of food they eat the amount of food they eat right there's no secret north americans have a huge obesity problem um and uh you go there and you see far less massively obese people they eat better food they eat less of it
0: yeah and and one of the one of the challenges for us housing here is really expensive and so you're, first of all, you have to pay for that. And we've got so many more people that are coming to this country on a continual basis, whether it's through immigration or we've seen massive numbers of refugees coming into this country. I don't have an issue with immigrants or refugees. I'm a immigrant to to this country. But what you're seeing is we are bringing in so many people without the availability for shelter that we're seeing this huge rise in tent cities across the country and they're just bringing more and i i just heard this i don't know how how they could even find this they just said that they got their number wrong by 500,000 people they got their numbers wrong by 5 they the numbers that they were showing didn't account for the international students that we bring in. You, wow. you know, it, I, I live in a place like, uh, I, I live in Kingston, Ontario, and we have a huge international student population here. And in their case, a lot of them are comfortable with living in uh, very modest housing, but, how can people's housing be affordable when you've got this many people fighting for places to live in Canada? I mean, I don't even know all the immigration numbers. You probably, you probably have a better idea of some of that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just the, the basic idea of supply and demand, right? When you have so many people that are fighting for such a small supply, obviously the prices are going to go up. So yeah, like I'll bring up some of the numbers here of, uh, so obviously the massive majority of immigrants that came to Canada came to Ontario. Any guess why that is?
0: I mean, Toronto is the is the hub. Yeah. And we've got the largest diversity of of immigrants in Toronto. So most of those people are coming to Toronto. Then then you move out from there because people are looking for jobs as well, right? So when they're coming, they're looking for shelter, they're looking for jobs, they're looking for people they know. And unless the government is encouraging them to go to other locations, they're going to show up here.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, they're going to show up in these locations. Why do we have so many East Indians coming to Kingston students specifically because St. Lawrence college is enticing them to, to come and, uh, and do their schooling here. And, and so by and large, the immigration is going to happen to that in that way. Now, are there a lot of places that, that people could go to? Absolutely. These immigrants could, if the government encouraged them to, they could go to Sault Ste. Marie. They could go to Sarnia. They could go to uh, North Bay. You could go to New Brunswick. You could go to Nova Scotia. And there are tons of places, a lot of these towns and cities that have that also have jobs but the government's not promoting that and not not showing them that way so they primarily show up to two place, three places toronto vancouver calgary
1: yeah and you know so it's it's exactly things like this where you can see where the majority of the world wants to go and especially when when i was living abroad you know you yeah, when i was living in malta or thailand and I, every, all the time you take ubers or taxis or things like that and you just have opportunities to talk to people and Every single time I would speak to these people, they would either um, be from f- south, s- some Southeast Asian country or from or from Africa or, or somewhere in the Middle East, and I would ask them, what, you know, where they're from, what their country's like, and I, I you know, I met somebody um, from the country of Jordan or from Tunisia, and it's like, oh, I've never met somebody from Tunisia, so like, hey, this is my first opportunity to like ask you what's, what's Tunisia like, right. And we're in a drive for a half hour. And so like, let me, let me ask you some questions. And so when they eventually ask, so where are you from? And you say, Canada, the amount, every single time it would be like, oh my gosh, you're from Canada. Like that is, I dream of getting to Canada. Like I, you know, and they would talk about it in a way, like I, I could never get there. Like I can't, I can't pull that off in my lifetime, but maybe my children, right. Maybe my kids one day can, can get to Canada and they would just talk about it like it is genuinely the promised land like the 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 envy in their voice and they would exp- express it like you are so lucky to come from that country like um and growing up here i've i've known i've been told my whole life what an amazing country canada is and i've always been very grateful for it but it's really when you move abroad and and hear how other people speak about canada is when you realize The amount of the world that would choose to be here if they could, and then like like Italy, they're literally giving away properties for people to move there.
0: Yeah, yeah. They're
1: like, please, right? We will give you a house. Uh, There's there's places that have uh, that that make it as easy as possible for North Americans to move to those countries because they want people with money. Yeah, right. And they know
0: immigration is a reality for countries to survive these days. Absolutely. Everyone's Especially talking care. about yeah. Everyone's talking about overpopulation, but the reality is is that the majority of the world does not have a replacement value when it comes to population. So in that scenario, the majority of the world is going through that, and yeah. so every country needs uh, that in that immigration. They because they're not having enough kids i mean india happens to be one of those few places in the world where they're still having kids and you know here i am in canada and i've had four kids and and so i'm trying to you do my that, part to brought to that help. with you <laughs> brought that with me i you know trying to do my part to help uh pay for uh, everyone's retirement cpp You're such a and, humanitarian yeah that's that's it that's why i had four kids uh-huh. you know but but the the reality is, is that when you start looking at what kind of lifestyle you want, I hate to say it for the first time in my life, I can't promote Canada in the way that I would have for most of my lifetime because of some of those very things that you said that we talked about, you know, the cost of, of food and housing right now is Yeah, right now. And so you want to have you want to enjoy your life. There's a whole lot of other places to be able to go and enjoy and and still have a really high standard. Okay, maybe you might miss out on a couple of things here and there. You're going to miss out on some snow. You're going to miss out on some ice uh, by going to Italy rather than Canada, but you're going to get so many other things. And And I think it's there's a new lifestyle that's happening for people where they're realizing that they can, and, I, and I've talked to people about this, where you can sell your home, take that money and invest it and live off of the return in another country because it's so cheap. You, you know, if, if, you, if you have a house and there's so many people in this country that have, say, $500,000 in equity in their home. And if you sell that house and you invest that $500,000 at something as conservative as 10%, Now, okay, if you're watching and you don't know how to get 10 percent, I get it. I understand Uh, that is a difficulty for a lot of people. But for those of us uh, in the real estate side, you can talk to me, reach out to me. I'll talk to you about private lending, investing, all that stuff. 10 percent is not a challenging goal to reach. So if you get 10 percent on 500,000, that's 50,000 a year, which isn't a lot here in Canada. But you go to a place like Thailand or India or, or any of these places, Italy, Portugal, you are doing great in these places. I, actually, if you go to uh, the South Pacific, you go to these places, the Philippines, any, Thailand, or any of those, you're, you're a king. 50,000 a year, you're living as a king done over even you go yeah, enjoy absolutely. it and you can move places as much as you want You're, you've got a phenomenal lifestyle and you don't even have to work if you don't absolutely. want to because you're making so much money
1: yeah yeah like even even the short time that i lived in thailand i was living in a luxury apartment on the ocean with a basketball court and gym and movie theater and pool and sauna and like had. All these incredible things. It's. It was the kind of apartment that I always imagined millionaires in Canada live in, right? Like this is like, these are the, the, the apartments of the wealthy, and there I was paying eight fifty a month. And but even there, that's luxury for them, right? Eight hundred and fifty dollars Canadian a month for them is complete. Like that is the rich to them. Yes. Right. And yes. so when I so, you here in Canada, I'm not even middle class, oh, okay. and I go to Thailand and I'm literally no upper class like and it's not it thailand is a beautiful place to live right yeah. it incredibly friendly people a lot of english it's, there's no there's 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 no current war uh like there, there's no major thing that it's like oh i wouldn't want to live there there's tons and tons of north americans and expats that choose thailand for that reason uh yeah. and because it's so cheap and you can be lo- little literally living in poverty almost in canada and there you're rich compared to everybody else yeah. right so uh, just it really is the the difference is, is staggering and as we're on this topic I want to show you this video tell me if you've seen this video
2: great in life I regret coming to Canada because if I had stayed in the Caribbean I would have been way better I came to Canada I work I don't know maybe 20 years I had to go back to my country seven years living here for 20 years seven years in my country give me enough money to buy two properties in Canada, cash, seven years, seven, and 20 years, you're just paying away and nothing. It tells me Canada is just a trap. I own property and it's hard for me. to so imagine people who are from different countries for the first year and you're wasting your time, you're going to stress that you're going to go crazy and you're going to die in less than 10 years. When in your country, which would have been harder, you live for another 40, 50 years. No matter how bad it is in your country, it's only going to get worse here. telling you the truth i travel i travel the world I live a good life all kind of stuff either of canada is to get out of canada not get in. and i've realized that between america and canada the people who are living back in their country are living better than us who are living over here
0: oh my goodness i've totally seen this video and you know there's a lot of truth to it now i don't i don't want to be as skeptical as As he's portraying, because there's there's a bit of a different side to it. When I when I go travel to India, people in India don't realize what they have over there. You know, they'll come over here and they'll make great things happen when they're over here. And what you what you realize is that sometimes you can just get complacent where you are. You know, I go there, I see all these opportunities and and I think, why? Why is no one capitalizing? on these opportunities cuz they don't see those as opportunities over there and just the same as for us here there are opportunities that because we live here we don't see them but someone else comes from another country and and they absolutely see it now what is this guy really talking about though he's talking about this disparity between the lifestyle you think you're going to have versus the lifestyle you had the reality is that it is easier to start from nothing and build up here in in canada reason being is you can get a well-paying job you can get a decent paying job pretty quickly and if you have the mentality to be able to save money to be able to uh, you know stay away from the trap of all the things you can buy you can get up really quickly you can get into the middle class very quickly here. Yeah.
1: yeah, if you have a good job and you're and you're willing to be frugal and yeah, for sure you, you can you, it, you it, can country, move
0: you can into up. the middle class very quickly. That is the beauty of Canada and the United States. You can go from abject poverty to middle class. What we don't have here is the ability to go from middle class to. To upper status nearly as easily yeah you know whereas in a lot of these other countries you' you're usually you know there's there's not much of a middle class in a lot of these countries. they they've got people that are poor, they've got people that are rich. Yeah. now it's easier for someone to go from there to to rich than it is uh, here. You know, because once you get to that certain point, which is middle class, now trying to get to that next level, playing the game, even learning what the games are, how the the taxes can work for you, and uh, building the team, having all of these people, partnerships, and that to be able to move you to those next level, a lot of people, uh, you you just tap out. You get used to and enjoy that middle class lifestyle, which is good enough because you're not poor and starving. Um, And it, but it also isn't bad enough that you want to now try to, you you know, you're, you're an exceptional person if you want to go from that to, to become rich. Whereas in a lot of these countries, that's it. There isn't, there really isn't much of a middle class. So you're either rich or you're poor. And, uh, but the ability to do it is is easier. That's one of the yeah. things that you know. I I think he doesn't really talk about, but he he even alluded to by saying, "Hey, he came here, then he went back, built a fortune over there, and then he came back and bought properties here." Right?
1: Why would where you the, buy where properties that's here going to increase? Yeah, where it's right. worth more. Yeah, so yeah. you can make make money elsewhere, but but have have your investments in a place where the where, the, where the stability. Are, yeah.
0: You, the stability is the part that you really want. In a lot of these countries you don't have uh political stability, right? I mean economic stability. If you're in a country where the government like prints money like it's going out of style, if you know how to capitalize on that, you'll make you'll make a ton of money very quickly. But if you don't, you just watch anything yeah. you have disappear. Which is why it's cheap for us to go and buy properties in these other countries. Okay. Many times cheaper to go buy a property in Italy or Thailand or these places than to go buy a cottage here in Ontario.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, for sure. Uh, unbelievably cheaper. Like that, that's uh, one, one thing that will always stay with me from uh, my time in Malta is I met these Pakistani men and I and became good friends with them and we'd have dinner all the time. And so I got to ask them lots of questions about their experience growing up in Pakistan. And um, they told me that Growing up, they would, they, they lived in a family of four and very uh, lower middle class family in Pakistan. They'd send their kids to school and, you know, they were never wanting of food and they always had clothes and they always had shelter and like, they never felt like they were impoverished, but they certainly knew they were nowhere near wealthy. And they said their, their family lived off of about a hundred American dollars a month. And that was enough to pay for, that, that was to pay, send all their kids to school, pay for a house, pay for food, clothes. That, that was... Um, lower middle class Pakistani family about a 100 American dollars a month and at that time like i think that day i had just spent 150 american on food right like that and i was just like literally like for for the next week of groceries right and when they that was kind of my first eye opening understanding of like just the uh, when someone says they're rich in canada or america like they already are in the 1% of the world, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, even, even even for the middle, like just to reiterate that point, middle-class Canadians are far upper-class in most of the other countries. And yeah. if you were to live in Pakistan, a family of four lives back at, at that time when they were t- t- telling me this, they would live off 100 American dollars a month. And uh, to us, that's, uh, that's just change. Yeah. Right? Like, um so it really just changes your perspective of what wealth actually is um when you travel to these uh, poorer countries and you, you learn when in canada i've just looked at when you have a certain idea of what poor means in the country you grew up in um yeah. and then you realize that's actually wealthy in other countries like and you just uh, so it, so everything this guy said in this video is like might it might he might be spot on uh, but there's still something to be said for the amount of people that want to come here. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, the, the biggest problem is that they probably just don't realize that they couldn't afford it if they got here. Yeah. Right. Like, like these, the, these, Pakistani guys, they, they make good money and work hard and send money home to their family. And, um, but for sure, if they came to Canada, they would have a much harder time just with, just with expenses of life. Right. And, um, so they're they're given this idea. I I, th- I think that's where where I agree with this guy the most is that it is just it's there there is it's misrepresented. Come to Canada and live a better life, not a, not also displaying this is one of the most expensive places in the world to live. Right. Yeah. And you could be upper upper middle class in your own country, maybe make less money but live a much more comfortable life. He, or you could yes. be here and make and make and make more money. Uh, But live in a dumpy apartment Um, and yeah, maybe you're in a first world country that has more stability and uh, there's it's it's a there's there's better things about it, but uh, you have to choose what's what's important to you, right?
0: Easier to live a middle class life in the Western world here in Canada and the United States. It is expected Mm and and so, as a result, you can come here. You don't need to bribe anybody yeah. to get into the middle class, right? In most of these countries that we're talking about, if you want to get somewhere, you have to bribe officials. Yeah. You have to bribe, uh, bribe police officers. All of these, uh, all these different officials along the way, you have to bribe them. Now, the benefit is is that anybody can bribe them, and and it's open every everyone understands that anyone will take a bribe and it's okay we're we're all good with it that is the society mm-hmm. but we are very much like sheep we're a herd and so everyone sort of moves together and once people sort of get to that level everyone sort of stops you, you know everyone wants to be to do well and then they see their neighbor doing this and so what do they do oh i should go put a fence on uh, on the side of my property and then i should oh and they got this car and i should get a car and because we're trying in the absence of knowing value
1: Mm-mm.
0: true value your own value when you look in the mirror we look at each other to try to value ourselves and say i'm doing well and so th- we give it that term keeping up with the joneses It's nothing more than us trying to assign value to our lives. And so we Mm. look around and we assign that. And so when someone who's actually rich gets rid of their car because they don't care. Because it assigns them no value. Right. But someone else who doesn't have food to put on their table. But they keep their car because it makes them look good when they walk out. Yeah. You know something's fundamentally wrong. But that is... The nature of our herd mentality and so that that's one of the things that that you see why it's it's really easy for people to get ahead quickly here but then you get stuck at a level because now you need to know the inner workings and and there are bribing that bribing does go on and in all different sorts of ways in canada and the united states and people don't realize it they don't know how to work in those systems whereas those other countries absolutely anybody you know you can you can just pay a police officer you know a couple of bucks and he won't give you a ticket and you can drive on right and is that great for the government maybe not is it great for the people absolutely
1: yeah yeah and uh so so yeah i think the main 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 point in all that is displaying you know what what a what a great country Canada is, but that it's far more expensive than, uh, a lot of the world realizes. And, uh, that there's great things about living here, but there's also great things about not right. And if you're living abroad and you want to have, uh, maybe trade the, you know, like when I was in Thailand, I had to eat rice every single day and I was like, okay, you know, I don't want to eat rice every single day, but, uh, I'm paying 850 a month to live in a luxury apartment. So, like, you you choose what's important to you, right? What do you yeah. want to trade off, right? And I'm like, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's just um, if 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 that's the life that you want, if if you think if you're like, all oh, right, why would I uh, stay here? It's so expensive. The world's a big place, and there's lots of places that would take it uh, that are cheaper to live, and uh, and just just as nice as Canada in a lot of ways. So,
0: yeah. I think the re- one of the really important parts of about that is you can't take this stuff with you. You can't mm-hmm. take the cars and jewelry and all that stuff with you. And and at the end of the day, you you you'll probably regret the experiences that you didn't go after versus the the toys that you didn't go after. Yeah, You know, if when you look back and you think about traveling to some of these different places and being able to share those experiences with your wife and kids and, you know, as you move on, or if you're married, you know, hey, we went and did this. The value of that is is immeasurable because you learn things about yourself. But we don't place a high value on that here because we're too busy talking about how great everything is here that we don't talk about the life that we want to build. And, and so when, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to have this conversation was because, you know, do, do you buy a property overseas, uh, invest in properties overseas? Sure. If you want to, Uh, maybe you want that lifestyle, maybe you want to diversify. There's all sorts of different reasons to do that. But the real question is, what type of life do you want to live? And that will dictate how you invest, where you travel, what you do with your time. It makes a lot of decisions a, a lot easier when you just look a little further up the road. What type of life what do I want to live? Do I want to tell my kids about? Do I want to be able to look back and go, yeah, I didn't just talk about stuff, but This is the life I lived. So with that, uh, you guys, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this little uh, uh, soiree, soiree, I don't know, chat, fireside chat, uh, talking about real estate uh, overseas, a couple different ideas. Hey, if you're interested in any of these types of things, feel free to reach out to me. If you've got any good resources, hey, let's uh, share that in the comments as well. And as always, uh, we love, to hear from all you guys, so keep it real. This is Neil D'Souza, and we'll see you guys next week on the Leadership to Wealth Podcast.